So this is episode 13 of the Travelling Music Therapist podcast. Welcome back. And today I have with me Emily Mistratos, who's a returning guest. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. Hi. Um, I was listening to our last podcast on my way here, actually. Oh. Yeah, because I was like, I don't want to double up on any stories that we've already talked about. Yeah. (laughs) And last time that we had chatted, um, it was just before your choir performance. Oh, uh, with what were they called again? Menagerie. Yeah, are you still yes. doing that? Uh no, I'm no. not. Oh, no. I've taken a little break because yeah. yeah. um, things just got a bit hectic in my life, and yeah. um, so this is the indie pop choir. In yes, yeah. yeah, and um, we've got like the choir's doing quite a few performances over the next couple of months, and oh. I just wasn't in the headspace yeah, to be involved enough. in that. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm a bit sad, but um. They've been really supportive. They're like, come back when you're ready. We'll yeah. miss you. So that's really Because you were really part nice. of the band. Yeah, I was. Yeah, you were the lead ukulele guest. <laughs> sort of, yeah. What do you call that? A ukulele player? Yeah. Yeah? I don't know. Oh, ukulele player sounds fine. Right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and you were also playing some other things, weren't you? The guitar. Yeah, guitar. And um, a wooden tongue drum. Ah, oh, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> Very talented. (laughs) (laughs) So today I thought, um, oh, you may have noticed um, in the last podcast too, the sound is a lot better (laughs) because I bought a new microphone. I was listening back to um, two podcasts ago with Jason and right after I had um, recorded that one, I listened back to it and I was like, oh my God, the sound is horrible. It's really bad. And... um, I've been using the same microphone. I'm still using that microphone today as well as my new microphone. So now we've got a microphone each. Yay! But I think maybe what happened was um, as Jason and I were chatting, we were kind of like leaning in and out and just, I don't know. Moving. Yeah, moving. And um, yeah, the sound was just all over the place. So that's why it took me so long to kind of try and edit it as much as possible. Oh, dear. Hopefully I won't have too long of a break in my podcasts again. <laughs> that one took like two months to... Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was... Yeah, I just kept putting it off. <laughs> anyway, so I finally got this new microphone. I really love it. It's, it's by exciting. Sure. Is that the brand? Sure. Sure. Oh, I don't know. S-H-U-R-E. It's a pretty um, popular microphone brand, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you're looking for a microphone of any sort, like just for performing or recording... They do really, really good microphones. Oh, that's cool. Mm. But yeah, so now we have a microphone each and hopefully this sounds a lot better <laughs> because when I'm listening to podcasts, I get really annoyed if the sound is yeah, bad. definitely. Do you listen to many podcasts? Uh, no, that was on my to-do list yeah. again and life <laughs> just got out of control. So yeah, it's yeah. Gone, gone by the way, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, there's a few podcasts that I listen to. <laughs> I, um, I used to really love how... Um, how stuff no not how stuff works that's the people who do it uh things you should no stuff you should know oh gosh that took a while um yeah stuff you should know they um they're run by two guys oh i can't remember their names i'm doing a really bad job i, I love, still listen um, to um mm-hmm. triple j like dr yeah. carl yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, my go-to. Mm-hmm. Or Hamish and Andy. <laughs> oh, Hamish and Andy are so hilarious. They are. I know. They're just, yeah, they're amazing. There was one day where I just, um, I think they've got their Caravan of Courage up on 
either Netflix or Stan. Yeah, yeah, I think it's all on Stan. There's a whole bunch of them now. Yeah, I know. Oh, I love those shows. Me too. They're so funny. Um, But other podcasts that I listen to, um, obviously Collective Music Therapy. Yes. Run by Matt and Asami from Melbourne. Um, There was another music therapy podcast, uh, Guitars and Granola Bars. Oh, cool. Um, It's run by a lady called Rachel Rambach. I'm not too sure exactly where she's located, but um, in the States or in Canada. Mm. Ooh, I don't know. Um, but okay. she talks about music therapy, but also she talks to mums oh, okay. who are also music therapists. That's cool. Mm. Yeah, and they just talk about, you know, balancing life with work. The, yeah, with work and going back to work after yeah, you know, having babies and whatnot. <laughs> um, and then there's another one called uh, The Urban Therapist, I think. Okay. Yeah, and that's run by music therapists, but they just kind of talk about life in general. That sounds cool. Hmm. Hmm. And then as well as that, um, I think I was telling you, Emily, I'm obsessed with this show called RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. <laughs> so cool. I love that show. It's amazing what men can do to look pretty. Yeah, some of them are just way too pretty like yeah. it's like that's not fair yeah so the host <laughs> amazing. RuPaul, RuPaul Charles yeah he is amazing he's so beautiful mm. if I could ever look that beautiful my life would be complete <laughs> <laughs> so he has a podcast um, oh that's cool yeah with um one of his judges on his show called Mich- Michelle Visage yeah and they just talk about all things I don't know mm. like pop culture and drag culture i guess oh that sounds interesting yeah it's all very interesting and he gets like um celebrities on every so often to oh, have cool. a chat. <laughs> speaking of celebrities um princess leia died i know um carrie fisher yeah carrie fisher yeah and then the day before like on christmas um george michael george michael i don't know what's happening it's like 2016 is just like making sure it gets one more, <laughs> yeah, like know. knife in the back of a four i know it's like i'm sure we've had enough celebrities go this year yeah it's been devastating yeah. so many incredible artists yeah and yeah creative minds and yeah I, I think we're all a bit done with 2016. I am so done with 2016. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How's, how's your last few days been with Christmas and all of that? Yeah, good. Nice to be on holidays and just yeah. have some space and mm-hmm. time to, like, focus on some self-care and yeah, yeah. Um, that sort of thing. So it's been really nice. Yeah. How about you? Good. A lot of food. Yes, yeah, so much food. Yeah, so much turkey. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> But it's been really good. Um, I think on my last podcast, I was talking about how for self-care, I do a lot of fitness. Yes. Last couple of days hasn't been happening. So I uh, think it's kind of been, the, I don't know, I've been indulging, but not really taking care. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, it's been an interesting balance. But every day since Christmas, I've been like, time to go back to the gym. <laughs> just, just, I don't know, it hasn't happened instead. I was telling you before, Emily, like instead I'm like, I'll oh, just take a nap. Yes. <laughs> Naps are so good, though. I know. We don't get to take naps, you know, during yeah. regular work days. Or Definitely. Hmm. Yeah, just taking advantage of it. Absolutely. Yes, and I'm packing at the moment. So exciting. Yes. Big move. Big move to Melbourne. I'm pretty excited. It's a good city. Yeah, it's an amazing city. I, mm-hmm. If there's anywhere I could live in Australia, it would be Melbourne. Really? Definitely, yeah. Yay. Well, I'll see you there in a few years then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know. It's, it's pretty terrible. Like, I really want to see music therapy grow in WA. Yes. I really do. Yeah. That was, like, one of my main things on my list of things that I want to actually, you know, get done in terms of career and yeah, all absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. And then now I'm moving to Melbourne, but you know what? WA is such a wonderful place, and um, I think more people should consider moving there. I know I'm moving out of there, but, you know, <laughs> that's because um, I'm blaming it on my husband, so... <laughs> Hubby has taken a wonderful job in Melbourne, uh, which he can't do from Perth. And so yeah. you know, we are married yeah. now, so I guess we should, you know, live together. So It's probably not a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So today I thought we might talk a little bit about the census that came out not too long ago. Yes. They released it at conference. Yeah, very mm. exciting. Yes. Some really interesting information in there. and Yeah, I thought we might just go through it and just have a chat about it all. Yeah. But um, Natalie Jack did such a wonderful job of actually setting up all the survey questions and Incredible. making sure everybody um, responded to it. Yeah. 62% of, of respondents were aged 30 to 49 years. Mm. Do you reckon that's like, is that maybe the average age of the music therapists in WA, uh, not in WA, in, um, in Australia right now? I think so. I think that yeah. would be fair to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Although we have had lots and lots of um, new graduates in the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. It's been massive. Mm. 88% of respondents were female, 10% were male, and two did not disclose. I'm so uh, <sighs> interested in that 2%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder what... I actually can't remember in the survey mm. what that option was like neither can i actually do we have any transgender music therapists that i don't know of i don't know that'd be so interesting it would be oh but no even if you were transgender you'd identify with a gender right hmm (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i always feel a bit like um like i don't know enough about it yeah 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 like i'd love to learn yeah so if you're a transgender person then, um, you know, say if you were a girl, but you were genetically a girl. Yes. But you've always felt like inside you were a boy and you were supposed to be born as a boy, just yes. not physically. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So those people would identify themselves as a transgender male. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but they'll probably tick male okay. in these kinds of surveys. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Interesting 2%. I wonder it what's... Is. Yeah. I wonder if there's just, like, people who dismiss that question yeah. or, you know, if there's... I don't know. But 88% Hmm. um, were female. That's not surprising. Not even a little. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because even in WA, we've got how many of us? Like 14, 15? Yes. And we've got one male music therapist. Poor Giuseppe. (laughs) (laughs) All on his own. (laughs) Yes, he's the only male registered music therapist in WA. Yeah. Mm. He's all on his own. We need more. Guys, come over to WA. It's a wonderful place. We have the best beaches. We do. Yeah. I think this is just going to be like my um, podcast where I just try and bring people over from the other states to WA because I'm so guilty about leaving. (laughs) I'm just going to be talking about how great WA is. I'm definitely going to miss it though. We have the best weather. We do. Mm. It's pretty, pretty spectacular. Yeah. And so many opportunities in WA. Definitely. It's an untapped resource, I think. Yes. Yes. on average, 69% of music therapists' work is direct and indirect client work. What? Hmm. 
I'm a little bit confused by that. I was just going to ask you to clarify <laughs> that then. Oh, okay. So, um, I guess the, uh, the 69% of music therapists actually do the practical work and then the other percent, um, so the other 31% do, like, managing work. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. being, like, supervisors. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And lecturers and that kind of thing, I yeah. guess. That makes sense. Oh, wow. That's quite a big That's percentage. a huge chunk. Yeah. I'm surprised by that, actually. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool to know. Hmm. Um, and there was a table here. Music therapists who graduated in the following years, between 2011 and 2015, there were 107 graduates, which we were a part of. Yes. 107. That's... That's amazing. Yeah. Actually, no, it's more amazing when you look at the rest of the table, which, yes. of course, in the podcast you can't see. But <laughs> um, so 2006 to 2010, so the five years before that, there were 97. That's still a pretty high number. Mm. But 2001 to 2005, 64 people. Um, wow. And then way back, so like 1986 to 1990, there were only nine and then before 1986, there were only four. Wow. That's so interesting. So in the last, what, 30 years, mm-hmm. that's pretty significant growth. Yeah, having four people a year. <laughs> graduate. You didn't even have a course. Yeah. <laughs> they must have. They must have had some kind of uh, training course mm. if, if it wasn't a master's. Uh, because the master's was only... It's only uh, fairly recent. Yeah, like mm. in the past ten. I don't know. Let me. I'm not going to say any numbers because I don't know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, oh, here we go. The specific music therapy qualifications. So we've ah. got forty. What does it look like? Maybe forty-three percent of us have a master's qualification. Yeah. Wow. And it's then, a big chunk. It is a big chunk. And then how many have PhDs? About 6%, 6 7% of us have PhDs. Hmm. Oh, hang on a second. There's the actual numbers here. There you go. <laughs> I made it too small. I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> so 8.49% have done a Master's of re- by Research and 43.8% have done a Master's by Coursework. Ah. Ah. Wow. So that's actually quite a few of us who have done the Masters then. Hmm. I'd like to do a PhD eventually. Yeah, yeah. me too. Mm. Absolutely. I think it would be great. Do you reckon we'd be able to do one in WA? There must be a way of doing it. I'm this. sure there is, yeah. yeah. That would be exciting. It would be. Mm. So, um, this is page 10 of the census. And they've made this, like, cute little, uh, what, what would you call it? Oh, visual? Visual representation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so areas of qualifications held by uh, respondents other than music therapy. Oh. And one that just sticks out kind of at the start here is Japanese. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I've done Japanese. Yeah. Am I the only one? <laughs> like, why is it so big? There must be some other people who have actually um, majored in Japanese along the mm. 
That's really interesting. To it me. is. But obviously there's like adolescent health, audiology, counselling. Arts. Yeah. I'm guessing that the ones in the bigger letters mean that that's the main areas. Yeah. Oh, fashion. Mm. That's one big one. Hmm. Fashion? Ooh. Oh, here we go. Drama, yoga, creative arts. Mm. Chemistry is a big one. Yeah, interesting. that's interesting. And behavioural science. Not surprising. <laughs> I love that we have the census. If anyone is um, interested, you can access the census for free on the AMTA website. The website is austmta.org.au. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you can go check it out there. It's under the resources tab. Um, so, location of survey respondents. Let's just have a quick look here. 2.2% from Perth. And then <laughs> there's the, underneath that, there's the WA regional percentage, 0.28%, which is one person. We know exactly who that is. Yes. That is Linda Blythe. <laughs> <laughs> there is no confidentiality here. No. <laughs> like, as soon as we had to put in our postcodes, I was like, what? I know, yeah. <laughs> because um, I think there's, oh, here we go. The next page, so on page 14, there's actually like a map, like a Google map with... Um, little pins in where all the people are. Yep. That's Linda right there. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> you can just see her own pin. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Linda. Oh dear. <laughs> we know exactly where you live now. Um, and then oh, all reasons respondents took a career break from music therapy. Yeah. And there's just a big bar at the top that says no. <laughs> So what is that? It looks like 48.44% have not taken a career break from mm. music therapy, which is fair enough. It's like, why would you want to leave the best <laughs> career ever? Yeah. Mm. I think it's interesting that um, a lot of people have other qualifications though. Yeah. It's definitely something I've been tempted to do, mm -hmm. um, especially in my, only being in my yep. third or fourth year out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's that temptation to get additional qualifications to sort of supplement what you're doing. Yeah. So what have mm. you thought about? I thought about doing counselling. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was... Uh, Bridie Fitzgerald has done that, yeah. hasn't she? Yeah, she She's has. another RMT who lives in the Perth Hills. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it was something I was really tempted to do. I was really, I was really worried about, like, not having enough work and, like, not maybe feeling qualified enough yeah um so it was a real exploration for me for like professional supervision mm -hmm. that sort of thing just yep. figuring out why yeah. I felt I needed more mm -hmm. mm. how do you feel about it now I'm really happy I didn't do any extra study mm -hmm. just focused on music therapy and yeah building oh, my there's confidence plenty of jobs for us mm. yeah I think yeah um I mean, all of us in WA who have wanted to have full-time work have. Yes. Full-time work. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But I think the second biggest tab here in the reasons for a career break is uh, yes due to family. Mm. And that's pretty understandable given that 80-something percent are women. Yes. So. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a hard... Um, 
hard transition I think when I think about my future and um, you know I definitely want children in the future but you know that's kind of why I was listening to um, guitars and granola bars Uh, because I was like how do people deal with that you know just having kids and balancing you know or either balancing or just taking a break and then coming back to the career after a break I just reckon it'd be so hard to get back into it you know, like yeah, definitely. Mm, like even after the like a big holiday break, like after the Christmas season and stuff. Yes, I feel so rusty. Yes, like imagine <laughs> after however many months you take off from maternity yeah, absolutely. leave. Absolutely, mm. be quite a challenge. Um, weekly hours worked in music therapy related jobs. Now the biggest one here. What's the 75 people work 20, oh, hang on a second, 10 to 19 hours a week. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And only 9.35% work 40 hours or more. Wow. How many hours do you work? Uh, I think it was in the 20 to 29 hours bracket. Yeah. I think I was around there too. Maybe a little bit less, actually. I can't remember what I put for this (laughs) census. Um... Because I do a lot of teaching work too. Yes. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, quite interesting. I think it's one of those things, especially, you know, when we're talking about private practice, Mm -hmm. being in control of your hours and that fluctuates. I know. um, I really like working for myself. Mm, Me too. um, In private practice as well as my teaching. Because you can be so flexible around the hours that you do every week. Definitely. Uh, number of, oh, here we go. Number of music therapy related jobs currently. Oh, concurrently. So, actually, there's a surprisingly large amount of people who only have one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. So, one is 33.4% of us, Mm. which is the biggest out of any other, but (laughs) there are 8.22% of RMTs who have five or more. Whoa. That is amazing. How do it, you manage that? Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking, like, it must be somewhere different every single day. Yeah. Hmm. Being um, employed? Like that's five? amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, in private you practice, that? you mm. might be employed by lots of different people, but... Oh, true. I... I would kind of just group that under private practice. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Yeah, imagine being employed by five or more. Oh my goodness. Tax time would be hectic. I know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. How did you go with your taxes this year? Uh, It's a nightmare, isn't it? I just paid someone else to do it for me because I just... It's too hard. I have a really good tax man. Yeah. Um, He's based over Victoria, but he just does my taxes. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I just send him all the stuff and... Yeah. It's money well so. worth spent. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so much easier. Because I had a look at the actual form. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't have any, you know, training. Or I've done no study in that area. Neither. So, you know, no might business as well leave it to somebody who actually knows what they're doing. Definitely. But uh, I think there's a lot of us who have two jobs, 24%. Hmm. I say a lot, but it's actually quite evenly spread. Hmm. It's like one or two or then like three or more crazy people. (laughs) Um, 
So the facility and title. So the biggest yeah. area that people work in currently in Australia is aged care organisation. Yeah, okay. With 19% of us working there. And then hospital is 15 of us. Non-for-profit organisation, 13%, which I guess is what we're doing mm. with Footsing and Grows in it. And community organisation, 12%. 11% in schools. Uh, 10% in private home venue. 10% in private business, so I'm guessing that is private practice. Yeah. That's a surprisingly low number. Mm. Did you reckon? I don't know. I guess a lot of people would be employed by an organisation. Mm. True. Perhaps. Yeah. And 5% work in university. And other... <laughs> other is 4%. Corporate business is 1%. Oh, and 0.3% in a correctional facility. Oh, wow. So I'm surprised. In prisons. Yeah. I would have thought there may have been more. Same. Hmm. That's interesting. So if, if you're not familiar with music therapy and music therapists, and like we actually do work in such a big range of mm. places. But, um, really yeah. just limited by your imagination where you can work <laughs> I think yeah no I definitely <laughs> thought there would be more at a um some kind of correctional facility yeah it's interesting 77 mm. percent of us go by the title of music therapist that's pretty standard mm. and I've got oh interesting other ones business owner researcher manager lecturer team leader 0.8% of us are team leaders. That's exciting. There's a few team leaders out there. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, do you work in a few allied health teams, don't you? Yes. Yeah, so where do you do that? Um, um, I'm currently contracting at Touchstone mm-hmm. program, yeah. which is part of the um, Bentley Adolescent and Child Mental Health. Yes. So, so that's Bentley Hospital. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a great team there. There's OT, social workers, psychologists, psychiatrists. Um, yeah, so massive allied health there, um, which is really good. Yeah. It's so good working in a multidisciplinary team. I think it's mm-hmm. really where my work flourishes because I think, yeah, it can be like quite isolating otherwise. Yeah, mm. definitely. I think with um, music therapy is just one of those therapies that works so well mm. when you work with the other people who are involved with your client. Definitely. Mm. This is an interesting one. Music therapy work, gross annual income. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, the... Oh, let's see, what's the biggest percentage here? 22% uh, of us earn between 40000 to 59000 yeah. Which is not bad considering most people are working part time. Yeah, that's very true. Um, there are two point five five percent, which are nine people, who earn more than a hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm. That is not bad. Yeah. Mhm. They must be the people working like Full forty time. plus. <laughs> yeah, there's hours, forty plus. Work. Forty plus yeah. hours a week. It must be. <laughs> I think that's pretty good considering, you know, the biggest chunk of people working between 
what was it like 10 and 19 hours yeah and then yeah 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 19 to or 20 to about 29 yeah so that's that's not bad yeah because there's not many of us doing like a full-time no role Mm. cool lots of other numbers here if you guys wanted to actually go check it out but um music therapy work the client age groups a lot of us work with children yeah massive yeah yeah and then so what percentage is that so 58.9 percent of us work with children and then 55.24 percent work with adults and then all the other age brackets in between like infants children adolescents older adults yeah hmm that's not surprising that lots of us work with children now. I think there's a lot of research around, like, especially with autism and yes. just early intervention and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Hmm. Wow. There's so many more numbers. I don't know if I'll go through them all. <laughs> but this census is just, I don't know, it's such a great way to look at our profession and like look at the numbers Mm. see where everyone's working where there's a need maybe yes gaps yeah eight percent of respondents do not use social media Mm. that just means that 89 percent of respondents use social media for personal use 40 percent use social media for business use Mm. i'm one of those 40 percent as am i yes i don't keep on top of it very well though yeah (laughs) Well, the majority of us use Facebook, so yeah. how many is that? 90, oh, 95% or so mm. of us use Facebook. Which is not surprising. Yeah. Well, Facebook, biz- the business pages that you can make on Facebook, it's almost replacing, like, websites, you know? Just oh, having... absolutely. It's so interactive. Yeah. And that's why I've sort of put off making myself a website for so long. So have I. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just get by with using Facebook and the majority of clients use Facebook too. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so easy. It's everything's in one place. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. There's 40% of us who use YouTube. Um, I'm the only one that I kind of know of that uses YouTube. Yeah. I'm just probably not as connected. I don't know. Who else uses um, a YouTube channel? Do you know of anyone? Not in WA, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, definitely not in WA. I know that for sure. But uh, 30, uh, maybe 7%, it looks like, use LinkedIn. Hmm. I do have a LinkedIn account, but uh, <laughs> I can't say I'm very active on it. No, neither am I. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely a good spot to um, share lots of professional documents or like articles and absolutely that kind of thing and make lots of uh social connections yeah that's very true mm, without having to you know share any personal information like mm. you do on facebook yeah facebook can be a tr- bit tricky to navigate in that regard yeah for sure 30 <laughs> percent uh on instagram hmm. but i think this must be including personal use right hmm Yes. And Google Plus, which I have never used. Neither. Do you have? No. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) I'm just trying to think, where would you even have that? Maybe if you have a Google account, then there's a Google Plus thing. Profile thing, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've always opted out. Twitter, 
There's yeah. uh, something like 13% of us using Twitter. I have a Twitter account, um, but I'm not very active on it. I need to start using it more. I think that's just been like <laughs> a common theme for me. I'm like, yeah, I've got that, but I don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> It's tricky to figure out what's necessary and what's yeah. just kind of making extra work for yourself. Yeah. And uh, Snapchat. 8%, 9% of us use Snapchat. I mean, not professionally, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. But I love Snapchat. I'm a little bit obsessed with all the filters. Ah, uh, yeah. They are I a just, lot of fun. I just made about, I don't know, maybe a minute and a half of myself. I just put it up on my Snapchat story of me singing Christmas carols with all oh, the voice cute. changes. <laughs> so there was like this Christmas elf one where it just like fully squishes up your face and oh, wow. um, changes your voice and the reindeers and I don't know. It's all very fun. <laughs> my poor friends had to, well, they don't have to watch it, but probably watch me sing a whole bunch of ridiculous Christmas carols. Okay, so let's talk about finances and funding and award rates. So, respondents who reported their wage was based on a recognised award. Mm. So, it's pretty equal between no and yes. It is. So, um, and then 25% of us said we don't know. <laughs> That's really That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like, how do you not know? <laughs> yeah, Maybe it's just something that they haven't thought about. Could be. Mm. So that's exciting, though. So uh, 38% of us are based on a recognised award. Um, however, those awards are not music therapy specific, are they? No. They're more like health services. Which makes sense. Yeah, I like health, health professionals. professionals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. said that there's private paying clients. Mm. That's that's pretty good. It's a big chunk. It's a big chunk. Actually, yeah, I don't know if it's good or bad because it just means that there's not many other funding options available. Yes. But uh, almost the same, 38.39% have state government funds. Um, and then there's 33.9% for non-profit organisations or associations who have been funding. Mm. So I guess those were the things like Red Kite and RCD Fund. And yeah, that makes sense. Those guys will fall into that. Um, hopefully we will get uh, a little bit more NDIS funding over the next few years. That'd but be NDIS have... Funded for 10.42% hmm. of us. Great news. The other day, I actually got paid by the NDIS. Oh, what? Finally. That's... <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, um, my particular client that I was working with, he had music therapy approved on his NDIS plan. Yes. So, for those of you who aren't familiar with NDIS, um, the it's a disabilities services uh, funding. And your clients have to, they have a planner, somebody who's an NDIS representative who Mm. helps plan uh, the funding or the uses for the funding. And so he had approved 10 sessions for music therapy. Um, 
and <laughs> it just took so long for the NDIS website to actually work for me to be able to put through those claims. Oh goodness! So it wasn't terrible. it wasn't um, the NDIS either saying no, we're not going to pay you or anything like that. It was literally just a technical thing where yep. the website wasn't working properly. Oh my goodness! <laughs> mm. That's terrible. Yeah. So I'm just hoping that you know it's getting cleared like more and more people are getting cleared yeah absolutely um, yeah but i just got a whole <laughs> big chunk, chunk of money of cash. <laughs> i did yeah yeah so that was kind of nice that it's working so now i can say ndis has worked for me it just took many months yeah many 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 months i didn't have any issues but it was before the new website and right things, so. yeah so about maybe two, three months ago yeah. was when they changed over to the new yeah. website. Oh yeah. dear. <laughs> Technology. Technology. It's great until it stops working. Yes. Mm. HCWA funding, so that's the one for, uh, so that stands for Helping Children with Autism Funding. Surprisingly low. Yeah, 9.82%. Mm. I would have thought more people would have um, had more benefits. It's quite so. tricky to organise that one because you need to be part of a consortium. Yeah, so, so 9.82% equals to 33 RMTs. Yeah. So, yeah, when it's you think about small. it, it's not many of us who have successfully gained HCWA funding. Yeah, out of the 350-odd people who responded. That's... Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I've been in contact with a consortium about joining them yes. since more than a year ago. Oh, and it's just been on there and trying to get all the paperwork done. Actually, that reminds me, I haven't been in contact with them for so long that I haven't told them that I'm moving. Oh, so my goodness. <laughs> I need to tell them, like, sorry, guys. <laughs> it took too long. It's a no-go. The ship has sailed. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, my goodness. Across to Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> Veterans Affair have funded for one person. Huh. And Workers' Comp have funded for one person oh that's interesting oh this is great i need to go through this list a little bit more and just you know look at all the yeah. funding, um, opportunities absolutely so what's great about things like this is you can sort of start to think outside the box yeah and... definitely but clients private health fund have for 12 rmts i am so curious about which health funds that is so if you do want to have a go look at the census, you can just go to the AMTA website. But um, this has been a really good resource for me, um, you know, just to have a look at things. But we've had a few people um, being in contact with me about maybe moving to Perth. Yes. And when that happens, we can say, hey, look at these numbers. Perth, uh, we, you know, we don't have enough people because it was something ridiculous like one, two... 60,000 people? Yeah, like, yeah. Or was it more than that? I thought it was 50, but... 50,000 people. Okay. It was it was high. It was... Mm. There's not enough of us to, I guess, service the population that we have. Absolutely. Mm. And it's it's kind of a bit catch-22. Yeah. We need more people over here to generate the work. Yeah. To be able to start growing the profession in WA. Yeah. For sure. Mm, and being recognised, I guess, amongst the health professionals in WA. Yes. Mm. Oh, that um, leads me to... Uh, so Emily has graciously taken on the role of the WA State Representative 
of the ANTA. <laughs> Yay! Are you excited? <laughs> I am excited. Mm. Yeah. So I was previously in that position uh, over the past year. Yes, and, and you I did an amazing say, job. Oh, thank you. It was <laughs> such a great experience. You learn a lot about just, um, I don't know, trying to build up the profession, but Absolutely. just the whole AMTA sides of things. So mm. you really understand, um, you know, what the association is trying to do for us as um, RMTs. So yes. Mm. But are you excited? I'm very excited. I, yeah. I'm looking forward to the challenge and, yeah. Um, yeah, just getting more involved and understanding on a greater level what's happening in Australia for WA uh, for music therapists. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very excited and yes. quite touched and honoured. <laughs> everyone thought I could do a good job at it. So. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> yeah, you will. It'll be great. Yeah, because you have that energy and that motivation to you know try and um, advocate for music therapy and yeah, definitely. You know, I'm I'm going. motivated yeah. to see WA grow as mm-hmm. you said so mm-hmm. gonna miss my partner in crime that's for sure <laughs> yes, I know. I'm sorry but I'll try and make it back you know if you guys have PDs on around this time that if yeah. I'm visiting yeah or you could just let me know when they're happening I'd definitely love to come over and join in with you guys definitely it'd be mm. good I thought we might talk a little bit about the pros and cons of private practice like yeah. in the census there were only 10% of us who are in private practice mm. um which is interesting to me. I thought there would be more. <laughs> so I, actually, yeah. Yeah. But I really like being in private practice. We talked a little bit about it before, but, you know, you get really flex, um, flexibility in your hours because, you know, you're the one planning them. Yes. Yeah. What else do you like about being in private practice? I like that I can choose what work I do. That's really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of... You know, you could do a couple of different types of work, so you can be in different populations, working with different people, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Keeps it interesting, and um, no day is the same for me. It's every yeah. day is very different, so mm-hmm. I really love that. Yeah. Mm. What about the cons? It can be quite isolating. Yeah. You have to have strict boundaries around personal and work life in regards to making sure that you have. You know, you only work nine till five or whatever it is that you've decided and yeah. to stick to that. Um, I'm really bad with that. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Quite I just often. want to accommodate for clients or students, you know, whatever yeah. time it is. Absolutely. Yeah. It's tricky. I mean, it's not a bad thing, I guess, but you kind of need to give yourself time to rest. Absolutely. <laughs> rest is so important in it our is. profession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Think, yeah, it can be very tempting to take on too much work in private practice. Yeah, yeah. I guess especially like while we're young too. Mm. I don't know. I feel like we just jump at all the opportunities. Yes. Yeah. Any and, new graduate would. Yeah. Definitely. And it's kind of like you know, what if this work isn't around in the future? Yes. But I don't. I don't think we'll have too much problem with that. Really. No. <gasps> Maybe we're being a bit too optimistic, but I really feel like in WA there's so much work and potential for work absolutely I've I'm getting to the point now I have to be really careful about the work I choose because I just don't have enough hours in the day to yeah take it all on so yeah 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 and I think when I was chatting to Louise Miles uh, a few podcasts ago now <laughs> but she was saying that you know it's I asked her what has changed about 
um, being an RMT in the last you know 15 years or whatever she's been here for in WA and she said you know we can be a little bit more um, we have a little bit more of choice about yes. where we actually want to work and uh, the client population that we're more interested in we can actually get fine work in that population and, yeah and that's kind of not how it was a few years ago absolutely yeah mm. yeah but um yeah I think we're very lucky at the moment still need to see it grow a little bit (laughs) (laughs) definitely yeah a lot of people have been asking me um with my move to melbourne like oh there's so much more competition over there like are you worried at all and i was like not really um you know judging by the numbers in the census because there aren't many people in private practice i think there'd be i could pick up all the you know random clients who (laughs) yes (laughs) the other people can't actually take on Absolutely, yeah, that's mm. true. And a few of my friends who live over there have already said that as well. They're yeah. looking for people in private practice to refer clients to. and Yeah, that's great. Yeah, exciting. Yeah. Exciting times. I think the great thing about private practice, it can be whatever you want it to be. So, you know, if you're just starting out, it can be really simple, straightforward, you know, not much to it, or it can be something that you decide you really want to build on and... Yeah. Um, create a bit of an empire I guess yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's just um really versatile in that way which mm-hmm. is great yeah it's just sort of fits your personality yeah however you want to mm-hmm. yeah so cool. Emily can you share with us one um maybe memorable music therapy case I always like to share them in our podcast yeah. it's just a little moment for me but it was really significant so it's my work at Cato with people um, who have all sorts of different types of disabilities and function at all sorts of different levels. So um, we do group music therapy sessions there. Um, so this particular group, there was a young man who likes to um, likes to sing yeah a lot and he'll be like, yeah, man. Like he just <laughs> sort of these one words yeah. that he shouts out. Um, and I've been modelling to the group, um, just trying to build their you know, listening skills with each other and um, learning just to support each other in different ways. And so I was really encouraging and modelling, um, responding to his vocalisations basically. And I've been doing this for, oh, I don't know, quite a while, maybe a couple of months, six months or something like that. And um, so it was his turn to sing with the microphone and all of a sudden two people randomly started responding to his vocalizations with their own you know input and it was just such a great moment to see that you know that they really built their independence and their um, ability for self-expression and their confidence to be able to step in and um, sing along with him and um, to match where he was at to sing the way he was singing and just showed me they were really listening to each other and um, it was a really beautiful moment for me to see them interacting in that way. Um, especially because one of the people who joined in had not really been terribly involved in the group, had been quite isolated. So, yeah, it was really great. So a little moment of um, celebration for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. So with your work at Cater, is it mainly young people with disabilities? We have such a range of ages. It's fantastic. So um, some of the youngest are, you know, maybe like, early 20s and the eldest is maybe late 60s early 70s so or even older sometimes great and so how are you uh, working there like 
one day a week or like what's the I just run two groups. two um, groups. So one on a Monday morning and one on a Friday morning. Oh, I see. Yeah. So we're running groups. Yeah. Ah, great. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Do yeah, you ever great. do any individual work with them? No, not at the moment, but it's definitely something that we're working towards. Again, it's come yeah. down to funding. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's just figuring that out and um, finding well, the time. NDIS helps them at all once it gets rolled out. I imagine so. Yeah. I would like to think so. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit tricky, I think. Yeah. There's just so much potential for NDIS to work properly. Yeah. Uh, you know, or for once it gets rolled out. So right now they've just got two trial sites um, where there's a few suburbs where you can actually access the funding if you live within those suburbs. And it's been working... Uh, great in theory <laughs> yes. in theory um, so hopefully we will see that being rolled out in the next year or so I don't know what the timeline is but it seems to be moving along it, it is I think there's a few issues families need iron out mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah it's tricky do you see many clients through that at the moment I had one yeah <laughs> and then I had the potential for another one, but we're just waiting to hear back from the NDIS planner to see if it's been approved. Uh, You know, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes to be even able to work with people through NDIS funding. There's a lot of um, needing to provide evidence and proof and Mm -hmm. it's just part of educating WA about what music therapy is about. And um, So you're saying needing to prove evidence... Is yes. that around the benefits of music therapy? Yes, yeah, so <gasps> I've had okay. to provide information about music therapy. And, oh, my goodness. Um, so you've had to do that too. Unpaid, so, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, there were a few people um, over East who were talking about having yes. to do that. So I've had to um, provide that evidence and also, um, which is somewhat understandable, provide like goals and a plan for this family of yeah. things we might work towards and achieve. But that's having not actually done an assessment with the family, which is oh, kind that's... of a bit of a, you know, an issue for me. Yeah. I can only go off, I suppose, what the family have told me. and Yeah. Um, but then if you get approved for that and you don't do exactly what you said you were going to do, I wonder if that's going to be an issue. So I guess that's just something to see yeah. play out over the next... It's hard, isn't it? With something like music therapy, you can have the most perfect goals and perfect session plans but yeah you know that sometimes sometimes like you know it just goes in another direction that maybe you weren't expecting and that's I think the beauty of music therapy is Mm -hmm. you find oh all of a sudden this is working really well for them and yeah that's where we're going now yeah have you had many cases where the client that you're working with don't really respond well enough to music that they don't get the benefits of music therapy uh, so, like, for example, yeah. I did have um, a few children like this where they love music, right, yes. because kids, you know, automatically love music, <laughs> yes. but it wasn't something that they want to engage in as an activity, so they uh, like listening to yes. it, and it gets them into a really good mood, mm-hmm. and it probably, you know, works if your um, goal was mood regulation, Yes. but if it's something like 
maintaining attention or developing fine motor skills and if they're actually just not doing it because they're just having too much of a good time like listening <laughs> yeah I've had a few clients like that where it's been really tricky to actually focus in on the goal yes mm. I think that's another issue with the funding problem in general is that you're expected to do things within 10 sessions and I personally think um for a lot of people that's actually not possible yeah um, I think that's really great rapport building time yeah um, and maybe towards the end of those 10 sessions you start getting to the work but um yeah. I think that's the issue I find is it's it not going just to work takes with time. Yeah. yeah, it takes – some people need six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's just the nature um, of the work, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with NDIS, different. are they generally funding for 10 sessions? That's been my experience. It's okay. not um, – I don't think that's necessarily true for everyone, but yeah. for me it's been 10-session yeah. blocks. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because that's how um, my one was as well. Yeah. Ten sessions. Yeah. Yes. We may have to wrap it up there. Yes. Thanks for having a chat to me, Emily. No worries. I know Thanks for having me. It's a busy time of the year. Yeah. <laughs> well, not right now, but that's <laughs> it has true, been. Right? Yeah, it has been. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, do you want to just um, tell everyone where they can find you, if they want to be in contact with you? Oh, definitely. You can find me on Facebook. Uh Music Therapy ELM, um, that's where you'll find me. Great. Yeah. And um, we did mention earlier that Emily is now the state representative of the AMTA. So if you have any uh, general music therapy questions or if you're an interested um, prospective student, you might be wanting to become a music therapist in the future um and you live in wa then emily will be the best person to get in contact with and the email for that is wa at austmta.org.au yes great and you can always find me on facebook music therapy now and on twitter mt now underscore yuki thanks for listening